it's Thanksgiving week, best holiday of the year. Football is real now, man. We're uh, we're at the last point of the NFL season. It's time to kick it up. Cupcakes are done in college. We're heading into conference championship territory. James, pass me the stuffing. Let's start between the hashes. Go get it. Woo! Five, four, three, two, one, zero. Ignition. Lift off. That's right. It is Thanksgiving week, the Tuesday of Thanksgiving week. Welcome back to Between the Hashes uh, with you as always. Uh, here with my darling co-host, James CJ. Fellas, how you doing? Uh, how you doing tonight? Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I'm freaking ready, man. I'm pumped. Gobble, gobble, my friend. This isn't gobble, Thanksgiving gobble. week for me, man. This is this is state week. This is it. This is the whole kit and caboodle. This is the best holiday of the year. Family. Friends, football, food, four Fs. Uh, I love the turkey, the yeah, stuffing, the bowls. <laughs> I love everything about Thanksgiving. I love that football gets real around Thanksgiving. There's a whole lot of bullshit that goes on the first 10, 11 weeks in the NFL. We got cupcake week, a uh, couple cupcake weeks in college. All that stuff's gone now, man. It's time to make something of your season right now. It's time to win your conference and make a push for that playoff spot. I uh, couldn't be happier that we that we made it to this time. I'm going to defer to you. A couple big games in college this week. Uh, we're going to start with Michigan-Ohio State. It's really the only place to start. It is the game. You have to. You um, have to. I'm going to kick it over to you. Give me your thoughts. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to preface this by saying, even though Ohio State won last week, watching Urban Meyer squirm like a little rodent <laughs> – <laughs> the way, oh my God, man, I, that was, I almost got off on that, man. That was awesome. I, I, I think you're going to see a continuation of this, uh, of that this week. I think Ohio State, even though it's at the shoe, is, oh boy, Michigan's ready. I can't remember ever seeing another head coach so visibly stressed out yeah. on a sideline than I saw from Urban Meyer last week. And granted, they weren't playing very well. Maryland was kind of taking it to him, big play after big play, like we were talking about. But man, he looked uncomfortable on that side. No, 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 no. I think the whole with Zach Smith being brought up, and I know it didn't anything didn't come of this, but the story about a potential racist remark, you know, being spouted at practice. I think Urban has a lot on his mind, and I, I think this team. I think the best indication of what this team really is is the fact that their star player, Joey, uh, Joey Bosa, just never came back to the team. He got hurt, and he said, I don't want to play for you guys. I'm going to go. I'm going to prep for the pros. I know I'm going to be the top pick overall. F you guys. I don't care about this season. I think I just I, – I've watched a lot of Ohio State this year. You know, I'll keep your friends close, enemies closer. I haven't really been impressed by them as a whole. They, they just – they're lacking something. I don't know what it is. I mean, Haskins is a good quarterback. They, they gotten decent play from their running backs, but I just, I just haven't seen it all year. And I, I just, I mean, I always pay attention to Ohio State, but I've, I don't want to say that I'm overly confident going into this game, but I haven't felt this good about an Ohio State game in years. They, uh, they should have three more losses on their record. It's astounding how they have mm-hmm. won these close games. Uh, because Maryland just 
Butch did at the end last week. Oh, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll talk. Yeah. But yeah, they should have lost to Maryland. They should have lost to Penn State. They lost to Purdue, and then they should have lost to Nebraska. Yes, they got lucky in all three of those games. So back to your point about Ohio State just kind of lacking something. I feel like in previous years, you watch Ohio State and they've got swagger and you can see it. And mm-hmm. they're going to beat the crap out of you and they know they're going to beat the crap out of you. Askins is a great player. He's had a great year. But I agree with you 100%. There's that that je ne sais quoi. There's just mm-hmm. something yeah. not there with them this year. And I don't know if it's all that that crap you know, hanging around them with Urban Meyer and yep. Zach Smith and all this junk. They can talk till they're blue in the face about how it's not a distra- not a distraction. We're focused on, you know, what's in the building and not what's outside, what have you. But they don't look like that team of the past that just knows they're going to line up, push you off the ball, and win the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you, like you just said, John, it, like every year going up to Ohio State, Michigan, I was uh, I would I would like shit my pants like I would be like this team is so good you know their defense is amazing their running backs I don't feel that this year I mean obviously I'm naturally I'm going to be worried because uh, you know I'm a that's the type I, I tend to get that way before a big game but I feel so much better than years past and I don't know if that's an illusion or like I said it's just because they're lacking something they just they're not going to step in I mean last year. Barrett gets hurt, Haskins comes in, and it just kills it. So I, I don't see that ha- happening. I, I mean, I, I know um, Ohio State has a good backup quarterback, but if, if Haskins goes down, I just I don't see it. So a complete other side of that spectrum, Michigan's defense is playing so unbelievably confident. It, it, you know what I mean? It's yes. They know they're going to come out here and stop you and hit you in the mouth. So it's going to be interesting to see how Ohio State comes out at home and see if they can match that energy that Michigan's been bringing on defense all year. I'm I'm beyond pumped for this game. I am so happy this is the noon o'clock game. I am so ready to noon sit down. Noon o'clock. <laughs> I am like this will kick off an unbelievable football Saturday. Winner of the game obviously earns the right to play Northwestern for the Big Ten title. Correct, sir. Uh, I don't think any of us really saw that coming at the at the start of this year. No, 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 no. But we did say that the, the Big Ten West was pretty wide open. I mean, we all thought Wisconsin was going to come in and just sweep everybody off their feet. They ended up being the dud. Northwestern is a good team, man. I'm, I'm, I said to you guys earlier this week, I think, that if Michigan wins this game, Northwestern's no cakewalk. That's going to be a tough game in Indy. Mm-hmm. Northwestern's defense is playing great. Pat, Fitz, Pat, Fitz, uh, Pat Fitzgerald has them going ready to roll. That's not going to. That's not going to be no walk in the park. Yeah, I honestly thought it was going to be Wisconsin walking away with that side, and then maybe Iowa give them a, a run for its money. But neither two has really done anything this year. Northwestern's oh. just there, and they're then they. Deserve to be there this year. It feels like eons ago where Wisconsin opened up at number four heading into the season. <laughs> Keep in mind, there's five Big Ten teams at the start of the to- in the top twenty-five. In the top fourteen, you had Wisconsin, Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, and Michigan. And look how it just weeded out. I mean, I did not expect Michigan to have the season they're having so far. But man, I, I'm lo- I'm loving every second of this. The, the revenge tour is ready to roll. <laughs> I love the fact that the game's going to be at the shoe too. 
That just means when Michigan beats them, it's just going to hurt that much more. The fans are going to love it. <laughs> oh, God. That's fantastic. Um, not a conference game, no conference title on the line. Notre Dame's out west playing USC at the Coliseum. Winning you're in. Winning they're in. Big game for them. I think it's a game they would have loved to have at home versus being two time zones away on the West Coast. Um, what are your thoughts? I love it. Can't wait for it. USC the is your second, bugaboo. The yeah. second we kicked off at Syracuse and we started rolling away from that game, I'm like, we're in. We're in, baby, because USC is not even on my radar. I know they can play a huge upset and all this. And and not it's... to pump the brakes. i got to call time up for a second. The, the reason why I think Syracuse, uh, Syracuse just didn't play in that game is Dungy goes down. If Dungy well, When sit, did Dungy go down? In the first quarter. He was out the whole game. If Dungy, I, I think Notre Dame still wins that game no matter what, but I think you gotta you gotta weigh that into consideration a little bit too. It was a dominant win. Don't... Uh, it just they looked too good. It didn't matter what Syracuse did in offense because what they were doing on defense could not stop Notre Dame. I mean, um, the offensive coordinator uh, Long just destroyed anything that Syracuse threw their way. He's he's been calling a phenomenal year this year. He's light years ahead of what he he did last year. It's insane what he's put together. Book came back. Didn't yep. miss a beat. Nope. Nope. Bookman. It's like having a guy who sells ice cream named Cone. <laughs> um, no, no conference championship involved in that game. Notre Dame, obviously, independent. Got a win to get in because they don't have that conference championship on their resume. But 11-0 is, is going to be impressive if and when that comes down to it. But we've got a couple conference championship spots up for grabs coming into this week. The SEC is set. Alabama, Georgia, we've known that for a few weeks. The ACC is set after this past week, Clemson versus Pitt. Big Ten we touched on, winner of Ohio State, Michigan, gets to play Northwestern. Uh, out West in the Pac-12, we have Utah waiting the winner of Washington and Wazoo. The Apple Cup. Uh, that's going to be such God, a fun look, game. So that'll be a good one. Um, Washington can still sneak into that championship game. I've been on the Washington train all year. I've been wrong time and time and time again, and they're not going to make it into the playoff. Uh, but I'd love to see them get in there and win the Pac-12 just because. Um, but we want to talk about craziness, and we got to go down south, down to the Midwest, into the Big 12. Three teams still vying for two spots. Uh, no divisions within the Big 12. That's correct, sir. So we've got Texas. Hook them. Okay, cool. Hook them. We've got Oklahoma. We've got West Virginia are the three teams still alive. Oklahoma and Texas have the easiest path into the Big 12 title game. They win, they're in, no questions asked. If West Virginia wins and Texas happens to lose against Kansas, we have a repeat this week with Oklahoma facing West Virginia again. If West Virginia wins and Texas wins, it's Texas-West Virginia in the Big 12 title game. Pretty much if Texas wins, they're in. If they lose, they're out. If Oklahoma wins, they're in. If Oklahoma loses uh, and Texas loses, that's when things just go bonkers. So what do you guys think? How do you think this is going to shake out? Give me an Oklahoma loss and a Texas loss. Let's get crazy, baby. Because I want, want the rematch. I want the rematch two weeks in a row. It'll be so much fun. See, I'm actually – I was kind of on board with that, but now I really want Texas to win and West Virginia to win because let's, let's call a spade a spade. The best game of the season so far, 
was West Virginia, Texas. So that matchup, oh, that would be a good one. I, I don't see West, I don't see Oklahoma making the playoffs regardless. So I just say screw it, let it all go to the wind. Let's just go gear to the metal. So it's there's going to be a rematch one way or the other. Yes, it just all depends on how weird you want <laughs> you want to get in the process. I like West Virginia, Texas. I think I'm all in. Uh, for that, Texas has kind of been my darling this year. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I'm rooting for them, but I am. Um, I, I think. I think it, it's awesome to see Texas back and relevant, even if they're not going to be making a playoff push. Just because they're a team that's easy to hate, but at the same time, I find myself rooting for them, which I don't. I don't usually find myself on that side of the fence. Um, but anyways. Those are your conference championships. All that will be settled this week for the games to be played. Uh, is it the week immediately following Thanksgiving? It's November 30th. Yes, is the start I believe of- so. So we've got that to look forward to. Um, college football playoff rankings just came out. Sort of similar note, same vein. Uh, no change to the top six. Bama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan rounding up the top four. Awesome. Georgia, Oklahoma uh, at the five and six spots on the outside looking in. One notable note, uh, UCF cracked the top 10. I think this is the highest non-five ranking ever. Rightfully so. Um, Big win over Cincy. Cincy's no joke. That was that was a good win. See, and we come back to this time and time again, and again, this might not be the time and place, but I would love to see them get a shot in the playoff. And if there's six or eight teams, I'd love to see them get in and see what happens. I mean, just ask their quarterback. They think they're better than Notre Dame. Mackenzie Milton. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now, now here's a great hypothetical for you. So let's say UCF runs runs the table and they don't make the playoffs this year. If they do the exact same thing the following year, do they make the playoffs? Do you, if they win 36 in a row, do you think they deserve a playoff shot? Well, I think, I think they deserve one now. So. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's tough. It's tough because who would you kick out? Michigan because they're the only non-undefeated. Uh, you have four undefeateds well, going in. See, you're you're proving my point here is because I think they earn a playoff spot, but you can't kick any of those top four right. teams out. There aren't right. enough spots. Oh, see, that's why I think this year, yeah. this year is where it sucks because there's three undefeateds and then Michigan's been tearing everybody apart. Mm-hmm. Well, the real wrench is the fact that a, that an independent is undefeated because there's no conference championship, anything, anything like that. So it's not like Notre Dame has a chance to slip after USC. Right. That's it. Right. So I feel like if, Let's say Strategy. Notre Dame had a loss yeah. and Michigan was three and like Oklahoma was four. Mm-hmm. If Oklahoma were to lose, I could see them getting in over Georgia, who's probably going to lose to Bama in the championship game. LSU, who has no chance of making the championship. And Wazoo. I, I would put an undefeated Wazoo, um, an undefeated UCF team over a Pac-12 winning Wazoo. I just think – I think – Make it interesting, man. Go for it. Blow it up. Right, right. And that's, just, go ahead. It's just, it. I think it all depends. I mean, next year if they go thirty-six and zero, you you got to. Can you stack like that though? But I don't think you it's can. possible, man. That, that the AAC is. I mean, it's a, it's one of the better non-five conferences, but it's it's a crapshoot, man. And see that that's what I that's my point. What I was just going to say is they're never going to have strength of schedule on their side which isn't necessarily their fault. You know, they're not playing the Big Ten. They're not playing the ACC. They're not playing the Big 12. They're beating up on the AAC every year. So, you know, if there's only four playoff spots and you've got five 
power conferences, and then you've got one of those independents like Notre Dame who's running the table, they don't have a chance. They're not going to make it even with a conference championship without that strength of schedule in their pocket. Well, I mean, if they were to jump, who would you jump to, the ACC? And then have to deal with Clemson, Florida State? I mean, go for it. I I, I understand that, but, I, I mean, look how it fared out for uh, TCU. I mean, TCU was in the Mountain West. They go undefeated. They lose to Boise State and one of the BCS bowls. They make the jump, and they haven't made that next step. Neither is Boise. I mean, Boise's still in the Mountain West, but Boise West was – if you forget about 10 years ago, man. They were the darlings. Everybody oh, loved, yeah. everybody loved Boise State. Yep. They're a novelty with the blue turf and everything. But I, I just – I don't know if they make that next step. I, under, I understand they'll never get in in the AAC. You're right, because that strength of schedule will kill them. Mm -hmm. But if you make that next step and try and move on to another conference, I, I don't I don't see it translating well. I, I guess, yeah. I mean, that's something that they would have to figure out or something I'd like to see. I mean, sure, UCF is going to go 11-0 and every single year against the AAC. What if they go to the, the you know, the, uh, the ACC and they make the ACC title game and they upset Clemson? That's a whole different conversation now. Right? True. Very if true. you've got teams that they're, you know, if they're beating the Syracuse, if they're beating Miami had a down year, but if they're beating BC's them, only they're, up too. if they're beating Duke, that. if they're beating BC, that's a lot better than the stumble bums who are, I don't even know who, who's in the AAC who they're beating up on. But, um, there's a bunch of misfit. Uh, that's the island of misfit, misfit toys. toys. Yeah. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. I'd like to see them have a chance to beat some teams to actually prove that they are as good as they think they are. I suppose. Right. Switching gears now, moving over to the NFL. Uh, just like college season's really starting to get real now. Come Thanksgiving, teams are going to start to make that push towards the playoffs. Some teams are going to start ratcheting back and and looking ahead to next year a little bit. I wanted to talk about specifically Carolina and Detroit with you guys. Mm -hmm. Big time game. Uh, Carolina would probably be in the thick of most division races had the Saints not been going totally bonkers so far this year. They got a stronghold on a wild card game. They're on the road. They're in Detroit this week. They drive down. They score a touchdown with a minute and seven left in the fourth quarter to push it to 2019 Detroit. And old Riverboat Ron Rivera decides to keep his offense out there and go for two, go for the win. Um, had an open receiver. Cam lets it fly, shoots it way over the dude's head, incomplete. Uh, Panthers, I believe, only had one or zero timeouts left at that, at that point. They do not get the onside kick. Detroit recovers. Game over. Detroit wins 20-19. to 19. So I've got some gripes with this. Um, and this is me being Johnny conservative football, football play caller over here. I think the only play in that situation is to kick the PAT and tie it up. I don't care if your kicker has missed an extra point. I don't and a field goal and a field goal. I, I don't care. And here's why. So Detroit's got three timeouts. There's a minute seven left in the game. That is an eternity for an NFL offense in today's day and age. True. Eternity. If you, if you tie the game, or I'm sorry, if you go for it and you make it, 21 to 20, Carolina's up. Detroit now has a minute seven and three timeouts to go downfield and score. Their mindset is going to be exponentially more aggressive if they're losing than if that game is tied. And they're having four downs per set of downs to work with to go ahead and win that game from you. If you kick that PAT and you tie it 
you kick it off. Detroit's obviously going to want to drive down and win that game with a field goal. However, if on that first play, you knock a pass down at the line of scrimmage, you get a sack, you force them into a negative play. Now maybe they're thinking, all right, we got this game tied. Let's let's sit on it. We've played well for the majority of this game. Our defense has played well. Let's take this thing to overtime and see if we can win it with possession. If you convert that two-point conversion, I say you actually put your defense at a disadvantage because, like I said, Detroit's going to be going for it every fourth down. They have to score to take the lead to win because they don't have that tie in their back pocket in case they have a bad play. Again, I lean conservative when it comes to play calling and and taking points that are there, but I I think that's a no-brainer. I think you tie up that game. You trust Cam Newton, former MVP. You trust your defense, who's been playing well for the majority of the year, to go out there and make a play and win you that game in overtime. In fairness, though, that is post-injury Cam Newton. Cam Newton isn't exactly as agile as he used to be. Now, I will say this. Given the time, and how many timeouts did? Detroit had all three. Detroit had all three. Okay. I think with the minute seven left, you do play for the extra point. But if there was less than, like, 30 seconds left, I say that's the right call. In a court, I pulled up the two-point conversion chat. Thanks to our uh, Dick, Dick for mail for this What's one. the chat say? The chat says when you trail by one, go for two. I don't believe that. Dick Vermeil's wrong. <laughs> Go cry in another post-conference, Dick Vermeil. Leave him alone. All right, so we will rally around Kurt Warner. I hey, he was right. I'll agree with you this time. You kick it. You go. You tie it. Because Carolina was losing for most of that game. Mm-hmm. And then they put up 12 points in the fourth. They had all the momentum. If they had everything going for them, you kick it, you tie it, you still have all the momentum. Momentum is so real in football. It is. It, it's it's intangible. So you, it's one of those things, but it is so real. You got to think to like you got to think. We have the momentum. They can't do anything. We have it all on our court. Now, if the role was revor- reversed and Detroit was losing, but they uh, um, just only scored seven points in the fourth, they're having trouble moving the ball. You go for two. But Carolina had no problems moving the ball against Detroit in that fourth quarter. And you got to think that's going to carry over into overtime. Hey, guys, uh, i got a question for you. Where does Graham Gano rank this season in extra point percentage? Let's see who can guess this. Graham Gano ranks. I'm going to guess last. Close, but no. <laughs> Second to last? <laughs> no. What He ranks 34th overall with 89.3. So below last. 34th out of So, 32. no, actually, he's – Caleb Sturgis with 60% and Zane Gonzalez with 60%. Though they are tied for last this season. But so that's nine out of ten times he's gonna make the extra point. You don't want it to be that one time. I so like I said, given the time, I might not have made that decision, but I totally get where Riverboat Ron is coming from. It's it's no guarantee with the extra point anymore. I feel like just moving it back the extra 13 yards. Uh, 12 yards. It's, it's screwing with these kickers' heads, man. It, it shouldn't be this complicated for them, but they are struggling so bad. And it, it actually has made the extra point an ex- interesting play to watch. It, it's not like you can turn away and predictable. Because remember when this was like eons ago, is when the Saints came back in that big, huge against football. Jacksonville. Yep. Against Jacksonville. It was a lateral play. Yep. John Carney. And then. Yep. So- yep. And then they go from the two-yard line, kick the extra point, and the dude and still makes it. it. Yep. Yep. 
Oh, that was like, I would remember being in my uncle's house and everybody around like the TV, like amazed at what was just going on. And then he shanked it. And we were like, how does that happen? And that's your point. Playoff is, spot too? Yep. <laughs> I believe, yeah, like, I believe you're right. Uh, it, that was Thanksgiving weekend. I just, I think there are so many more things that can go wrong when you're trying to run a play from the two yard line, when everything is compact and everything is tight and the game's on the line. than if you just line up and kick a PAT, I understand it's, you know, 13 yards further back or whatever it, it may be. Two out of three, whatever. I, PAT conversion rate is what? Probably between 90 and 95% league wide now. Um, somewhere around there. Yeah, the top 20 teams are all above 95%. So, And I would guess two-pointers are probably between 50 and 60. Across I the would league. have to look that up, but yes, most likely. And I'm not one to just, you know, call up the nerds to give me the binder and, and tell me what percentage to play. But I just – I think so many things can go wrong when you go for that two-point there. Not to mention – you have a grasp on a wild card race in the NFC that is completely up for grabs, and you can't be costing yourself games like that. I think you take the the extra point. I think you play for overtime, where you're clearly the better team. The Panthers yeah. are a better team right. than the Detroit Lions are. So I say you take an entire quarter, a couple of possessions to prove that you're the better team instead of one fluky play that the Lions might beat you on. Right. So hey, I don't. So, sorry, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't have the exact stats on the two-point conversion, but top half of the teams are at least 50% or greater. So it's a lot less than 95. True. Very true. That's my point, I guess. You're the better team. Like you said, you had all the momentum in the fourth quarter. You keep that. You show you're the better team in overtime, and you go out and win the game. Right. Instead of – I mean, it was a missed throw. They called – they dialed the play up perfectly. They should have hit it. They should have won the game. But it was a physical, a physical mistake. It was a missed throw that cost them a win in that wild card race now. Funny that happened in college and pro the same week, huh? And, yeah. and this is going to sound hypocritical. I feel very different about that. I am glad Maryland went for two there. You're on the or you're home. You've got Ohio State on the ropes. You've got a chance to knock out a top ten team. Uh, you're not. You've got nothing to play for at this point. Go ahead. You're gashing them all field all, all game long. It's senior week. You've got everything in your favor. There. See, that's where. Um, how we were just saying Carolina is the better team, and if the roles were voice reverse, I don't know why I keep messing up that word. <laughs> Revoice. <laughs> um, but if Detroit was a team behind trying to tie it and or go for the win, they'd go for two at that point. I agree with that. So if Ohio State was the one who just scored and is about to either tie it or win it, if it's Ohio State. You go for the tie and you, you dominate for, in overtime. Right, because they are, are the better team. Exactly. Whereas if you're Maryland, are you really going to beat Ohio State if they've got possessions at the 25-yard line two, three times in a row? No, Probably not. Be, no, something's something's going to go wrong. Ohio State's going to win that game 99 out of 100 times. I agree, if they go to overtime. Right. And the kid was wide open. He was The same thing with Carolina. They schemed him wide open and the kid missed They the actually had the um, – if you watch, the quarterback looked at um, the, the guy he pitched it to. I forget – I. Just drawing a blank, um, but it was actually a different design because if you look, the guard pulled, and when the quarterback pitched it, he was sitting behind the guard waiting for the pass, and then the other guy was open too. They had two different options that would have worked. It was the perfect dial play. It just, it, the situations there are so different. You got a team that's a big time underdog at home on senior week. You've got the number ten team in the team in the country on the ropes. Go for it. Go for the throat. You're not going to beat them in overtime. 
But if I'm the Panthers, I've got that momentum. I'm the better team. You kicked it. I can't cost myself a loss because of one play. Bad teams win plays against good teams all the time. Mm -hmm. Bad teams win plays in games that they lose by 30 points. I'm not putting that on the line when I know that I'm the better team and I'm going to win in overtime, but that's just me. And I mean, not for nothing too. We, we, I think we talked about last week, but I mean, the Patricia has a mutiny like brewing. I'm surprised they actually won. So yeah, I think that you, you take your chances with Patricia in his rookie season, just screwing up. Yeah. Yeah. Finding some way to, to, to blow the game wide open. And yeah, Ron Rivera has been around long enough. You're right. He should have had the foresight to realize given the time, the, the timeout situation, just play it safe. And it, yeah, yeah. And again, you know, this is going to be Johnny two sides of the fence here. I, I can see it, if he's aggressive and they go and Cam makes that throw, you won the game. Awesome. Plums, exactly. Right. We're, we're uh, probably yeah. Detroit's going to get the ball back and, and they're down. So now you get into desperation mode and yada, yada. But if that play works out and they win the game, Rivera is heralded. They're seven and three. They're only two behind the Saints. They play each other twice at the end of the year. Who knows, yeah, right? Who, who, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? You like they should have walked away with that game. They should have. I, I think Carolina gave it away because they got aggressive when they didn't have to. Right. I guess is my point. Um. So, anyways, moving on. Carol, Carolina lost that game. They're in the thick of the playoff race. Uh, Detroit hanging around in the hunt at four and six after that big win. I wanted to bring up the the topic of teams tanking when they're seemingly out of the playoff race when when all hope is gone. Now, I'm not saying that I think teams actually go in there and tank for the purpose of getting a draft pick because nobody does that. Uh, I, I don't believe that. It, it might not happen as much as the NBA, but it, I think it still happens. Coaches' jobs are on the line. Players' jobs are on the line. Everything you do is put on film. Whether you're out of that team that could be going one in fifteen or whatever, you want to pick up another job with another team. So I find it hard to believe that teams intentionally tank. I I can't understand why fans want their teams to tank. It's so it's completely different in NBA and NFL because in the NBA there's only two rounds, and if you tank and get that. You get in a higher chance. Yeah, of there are four that. picks in the NBA. That and, matters. Yeah, right. I mean, there's so, only top talent at the. Yeah, I get it. So if you have a chance to get that number one pick, and you know you're not going to do anything this year in NBA, I understand where it makes sense to tank from a management perspective. As a fan, I don't want to go to a game and watch you guys tank. So now let me ha- let me propose a hypothetical because I will play devil's advocate here. So you got the Niners, the Raiders, and the Chargers all tied for the worst record in the NFL right now at two and eight. Chargers, Chargers. Oh, I'm sorry, Cardinals. Okay, <laughs> Freudian slip. Sorry. Um, now let's just say I'll use the 49ers for hypothetical. Let's say they went out like they did last year. Obviously, Jimmy G's not walking through that door, but they they went out. They go eight and eight, and they instead of going from a top three pick, getting like a Bosa, a Herbert, or you know any any of the transcendent talent. You move to like the 18th pick. That's the worst spot you could go to. So I feel like sometimes when you know the season's done for and you know you have no chance of making the playoffs, I feel like no one wants to admit that they suck and they're going to just constantly lose. But it's more benefit. I feel like you have a better chance of hitting the lottery 
with like let's say three years of top ten picks compared to three years of anywhere picks between anywhere fourteen and eighteen or, or, or nineteen. I feel like it's better for the future. No one wants to admit that they that their team's a few years away, but I think in the long run it's more beneficial. It's just look at the. I know the Jaguars haven't had a good year, but they they were getting top ten pick after top ten pick after top ten pick, and they showed their potential last year. I I just I, I think there is some benefits to it. It's just. You don't want to admit you're at that point. So from a team building point of view, that obviously makes a ton of sense. And I understand where that's coming from. I'm coming at this from a fan's point of view and being a fan, I don't need to make logical sense and I don't need to play. <laughs> True words this, have never been spoken. So this, this is my reasoning, right? We only have so many trips around the sun on this rock. Every year we're guaranteed at least 16 NFL games that matter, right? I love the Packers. The Packers are like my hobby. I I wait all spring, all summer for Packers football to start. So it doesn't make sense to me to root for them to lose ever. I get 16 games a year. I want them to win every single game they play. If I'm sitting here, right? So the Packers are four, five, and one. They could win out, finish at 10, five, and one with a little help. They could win the division. They could make a run in the playoffs. They could win the Super Bowl. Will they? Probably not. But I'm gonna I'm not gonna root for them to lose so that they can maybe get another draft pick or a better draft pick when who the hell knows how that's gonna pan out next year, anyways. Or I could get hit by a bus in March, crossing the street. And great, I just rooted for my team to lose their last six games to not even reap the benefits of seeing that draft pick. That could be a bust. Well, see, this is where um in the NFL it's different tanking because Let's say you are the Packers and you just from this point on tank, but every other team doesn't, you end up a number one overall pick and I and I don't know who the number one overall pick is going to be. But That's not who gets it, yeah. If it's if the guy coming up and everybody's saying the number one quarterback Well, everybody's saying um quarterback is number one pick, it should be the number one pick. Green Bay Packers don't need a quarterback. So why do they need to tank to get that number one overall pick when their best option they could still get at picks 5, 10, 12, 18? And I'm just thinking, I mean, literally think about this, right? So if Packers are are 4, 5, and 1, pretend they're, you know, 2, 7, and 1, right? Pretend the number one pick is in play. Right. I'm sitting here every Sunday. I'm rooting for them to get their ass kicked so that they can get the number one pick. Nice. They do. Great. All right, as a fan, I just suffered through a terrible season. They're 213 and one. They got the first pick. The Green Bay Packers select Jamarcus Russell with the first overall pick. Nice. He's going to turn this thing around. We're going to be so good for the next eight years. Oops. Jamarcus Russell sucks. He's out of the league in a year and a half. And you just wasted one whole season rooting for them to lose to ruin the next three years because they got a bad draft pick. It, it drives me crazy that there are so many fans who want them to lose and are rooting for a coach to get fired. And should Mike McCarthy get fired? Maybe. I'm, not, I'm never going to call for a man's job because I don't think that's right. I'm never going to hope that a man gets fired. If it's time for him to get fired, the higher-ups will make that decision. They'll move on and they'll address it. I, it doesn't make sense to me to root for the Packers to lose ever. Like I said, I got 16 games every year. Right. I want them to win every game they can. So all right, so John, so you're using this as a Packers fan, but picture yourself as like a Browns fan, yeah, who who doesn't know success. You know what it's like to win a championship. As Pats fans, we're spoiled. 
we know what it's like to be great. We don't know what it's like to bottom out. So you got look at these teams. The Browns are a great example, man. They are accumulating top ten talent like you read about. They 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 kneeled all through the, the top three picks, which were all in the top thirty-three, with Baker Mayfield who's gonna be a stud, uh Denzel Ward, who's been playing amazing, and Nick Chubb. I mean, some teams need that. Right. I agree. But how I mean, how many years have they had the number one pick and they're still in this position? Miles, I mean, they, they nailed it. Yeah, but they, they've Cleveland has sucked for so long, and it only seems like in the past maybe three years their actual picks are starting to actually be good. Right. So, so if you're the Cleveland Browns, right, and you got this nucleus, you're three, six, and one. Are you hoping? And again, it's probably not realistic. Just like I don't think it's realistic for me to root for or to think the Packers can win out and get to ten wins. I right. don't think that's necessarily realistic. I'm rooting for it. I hope it happens. As a Browns fan, I would be rooting for the Browns to finish nine, six, and one and make a push at that six spot. Then the, you see the talent on your team. It, it just, but now, but there were pieces away from that a few years back. Between Miles Garrett and the three picks I just mentioned, those are four cornerstone people. Two on offense, two on defense. Yeah, it took them so long to find those because pieces they when tanked. they had. I see it happened because they tanked, but it's, it's, but they've been tanking for ten years. Like, is it really worth ten years when you could have one or two playoff runs? And I don't think it's fair to give Hugh Jackson an out saying, "Yeah, we were tanking." See, no. I, I will say, I will say, and I'm a semi Boston sports fan with the the Red Sox, the Bruins, and the and the um, Celtics. The Celtics. I don't care for the Patriots. So I haven't had that level of winning as most Boston sports fans do. Again, as a Packer fan, a little bias. In 2016, when they started out four and six, they won ten games in a row. After that team was bad through their first ten games, they sucked. That was you remember our yeah. our tailgate party. Yeah. They got blown the hell out by the Titans. That was I think their last loss up until the NFC Championship game. I, I mean, fans then are rooting for McCarthy to get fired. They're rooting for them to tank. Fans wanted them to lose the rest of their games, so they finished four and twelve. And instead, they went on this freaking magical playoff run where they won ten games in a row. They didn't win the Super Bowl, so teams around here would deem that a failure because the Pats have won it five times. They've been to eight, so getting to the championship game and losing would be deemed as a failure. That was one of the. That was. I think I've had more fun watching the Packers that year outside of when they won the Super Bowl in 2010. Right, right, right. right. Than any other year. Just because it was do or die from week 11 on, and they kept winning. I wouldn't trade that season, given how it ended in Atlanta, for having a top seven pick instead of a top 20 pick. Right. And again, this is it's my personal opinion. It's how I feel as a fan. It, it drives me crazy how people who claim that they love their team root for them to lose when you could be rooting for something magical to happen. Right. It's probably not going to happen, but if it does, you are you going to be the asshole who's rooting, hoping that it never happened? You know what I mean? What season was that? Was that 2016? For what? The Packers? Yes. 2016. Yeah. Okay. So if you guys tanked the number one pick that year in the 2017 draft was Miles Garrett. Your biggest need is a pass rush. Yeah, he would have helped them immensely. So it would be an immense help. you see help. the benefit? I mean, I, of course I get I your point of view. Of I course I do. Yeah. But, but I wouldn't trade, you know, how stressed and how excited I was watching every game of that year and how they were one game away from the Super Bowl. I, I'm not going to trade that as a fan. Right. I, but you can also, like, say, even if 
like the Packers were on that run. They get to the NFC Championship. Now they're in that, in they're in the twenties range drafted. You can always pick up your edge rusher off free agency. Granted, you're not going to pay top dollars or whatnot, but there's ways to feed to fill that need. I guess that's my point. Thank you. My point is that me as a fan, I I mean, yes, I care about team building. I want them to construct a team the best way possible so that they can be relevant for a long, long, long time. And having low draft picks helps you do that and helps you do that a lot better. But it's not my job to figure out how to fill the holes on the team. That's the GM's job. Right. That's the head coach's job to put them in position to be successful. My, I mean, I look at it. My job as a fan is to root for them to win the game. And it's, I'm, I'm never not going to do that. The, I mean, the Packers last year were, uh, what was it? They finished 7-9. and nine, So they were 7-8 and eight playing the Detroit Lions on New Year's Eve. If they lost, maybe they pick up three or four more spots. If they win, maybe it costs them a little bit in, in draft position. And granted, they ended up trading, getting Jair Alexander, who's a stud, getting an extra first-round pick from the Saints for trading back. It worked out. But I wanted them to win that game. I wanted Brett Hundley to come in there and beat the Lions in Detroit, end the year with a win, and feel good about it going into the offseason. So not to change subjects, but to uh, the point I mentioned about the Browns, the one change, and you know how you said the sarcastic GMs. The one change was in 2017. John Dorsey oh, becomes the GM. Right. Packers guy. I mean, toot your own. You yeah. developed that team, so I, I get it. If you have shitty personnel, shits you nothing's no gonna work your way. It doesn't but matter if you tank or not. John Dorsey clearly knows what he's doing. He's hit on his top picks the past two years with the Browns. So if you're Cleveland, do you start tanking? Because there's no this way year, no. Win. But in years past, I would say well, what yes. changes from this year to? I mean, because you're sitting at only the four cornerstones I just mentioned. Man. Yeah, but why not try to pick up more? Why not try to have a lot of points on your team, all rookies that you can have for years and years to come. So and and this goes because there's no way the Browns are going to make the playoffs anymore. So why not tank and get that a better um, position so Dorsey can get better players? But you, but you don't know if that's going to happen. It could be Miles Garrett. It could be Mario Miles Williams. Williams. Right. I mean, that's the thing we talked about it over and over again with Khalil yeah. Mack. Right? Would you trade two or three first round picks for Khalil Mack? And initially, I said, hell no, absolutely not. You can find the next Khalil Mack. And then I start looking through the list. Khalil Mack is better than literally every single pick in the first round for the last five years. Those picks, while, you know, first round picks are worth their weight in gold, nothing is guaranteed about the draft. Nothing is guaranteed about a kid coming out of college. In case case in point, Khalil Mack played at Buffalo. Yeah. The Mack. Who the hell would have known? You draft the the player, not the school is what they say. True, but I bet you he wasn't even... A two or three star recruit. At I, I bet there's no way. But that, I mean, I guess that's my point. Is I will take rooting for a team to go on that run to make it to the championship game in a year where maybe they're not supposed to, than have a roll of the dice to hope you get the next Miles Garrett when it could be Jamarcus Russell. I suppose. So actually, fun fact too. While we're on the 2017 draft, if you guys didn't trade that pick, which went to Cleveland and Joku, who another big old case in point, another transcendental talent. You guys could have got TJ Watt. He went the very next pick. Sorry. I don't, I don't want to talk about I'm that. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> sorry. No, they got they got Kevin King instead of TJ Watt. And I, I think Kevin King is going to be a stud corner for them if he can ever stay healthy. That's the thing. He's missed a ton of games. So, so hand in hand. And yeah. Packer fans go bonkers. TJ Watt coming from Wisconsin, mm-hmm. yep. having the Watt last name. So that gets brought up a lot. Um, I like King, personally. I, I think he's going to be really good. 
Um, despite the fact they do need pass rusher help, obviously. Um, but I, I think I think it's too early to say that that was the the wrong call. But it very well. No love for Sackrell, man. Come on. Eight sacks, <laughs> leading the team. Kyler Sackrell. Uh, he's gonna be up there in the league, right? I mean, he's, he's high. He's up there. Well, Donald leads the league with fourteen and a half. There's a D tackle, man. That blows my As mind. A, and did you see the stat last night? So we're perfect transition over to, yeah. to Rams Chiefs. They they put a graphic up on the screen that said that Aaron Donald had been double teamed for seventy two percent of the snaps this year, <laughs> and he leads the league with fourteen and a half Unbelievable. snaps. I, I mean, get the tape measure out for his Hall of Fame jacket right now. <laughs> and nobody wanted to draft him because he was too short when he was coming out. That's why he slipped. Nice job, guys. Mm-hmm. Nice job. Anyway, Rams Chiefs, um, crazy, crazy Monday night game. We had the whole fiasco with Estadio Azteca earlier in the week, then moving that game from Mexico City to the LA Coliseum due to the uh, the field conditions. Rams get a home game out of it, and they win. It was 54-51, right? Mundo. 105 points. It was the third highest scoring game in NFL history. It was the highest scoring game on Monday night. Um, I didn't want to go so much into, you know, the down in down out plays of the game and what happened. I'm curious what you guys, let's start with this. What do you guys think about watching a game last night? Did you like that? Did you not like that? What did you think? So last night was extremely fun to watch. Do I want to see that every single week? No. 100%. See, I feel like this is just the way the college game is going, and I feel like in order for the NFL to remain top dog over the rising NBA, you're going to have to see this. Because the average fan does not – I mean, where I love defense. And the defense, defense in the NFL nowadays is just non-existent because it's a, it's a fantasy football league. It's a betting league. It's Everything revolves around the offense. If the offense doesn't succeed – most fans, these fail weather fans, are just going to go by the wayside. I feel like this is just something that us old-timers have to sort of just accept. I, I, it sucks, but this is, is going to be the norm in about five years, in my opinion. I'm with you 100%. If this is the outlier and we get, you know, 250 burgers once every 10 years, I'm all for that. It's fun to watch. It's exciting. If... The NFL, and I agree with you that I think it is trending that way. If the NFL becomes the Big Twelve, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm I'm not a fan of that, man. I, no, I'm, it, it's no. the same way. I mean, every once in a while we get a nine to three game, which a lot of times they suck, but a lot of times it's smash mouth football, it's defense, it's guys making plays. Yeah, it's all of a sudden there's a turnover in the red zone and they're going back the other way, and there's another turnover. It's, yeah, it's not just nobody can complete anything. It's actual defensive plays being made. And I, f- I feel like like offense is – this is going to sound absurd. I feel like offense is more impressive when you do it against teams that can actually stop you versus a defense that gives up 40-plus points multiple times a year. Yeah, I would agree. You know, like what – case in point, what Brady and the Patriots did to Seattle in the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter yeah. was so much more impressive than what the Rams did to the Chiefs last night. I would agree. Legion of Boom. One million percent. Yep. It just that's when you really see, you know, offensive mastery, I think, and not just scheming guys wide open because the defense can't hang with you. Um and and I think you nailed it and that this is what the casual fan of the NFL wants and likes, and that's the direction the NFL is gonna go because that's where the dollars are. 
The casual fan doesn't like 21 to 13. No, they do not. With matching 80-point quarterback ratings. The casual fan doesn't like, you know, running backs rushing the ball 25, 30 times at four yards of carry and plowing away. Like we used to see with the Amon Greens and the Corey Dillons. And well, I love the Big Ten, man. That's all it is. But the, the casual NFL fan doesn't like that anymore. Um, it's what happens when all the rule changes – um, help the offense, and you're protecting the quarterback like you are. I mean, you could see it. Oh, yeah. You could see that we're trending this way. I, I I do think it was kind of the perfect storm. Two of the best offenses in the league matched up against two of the worst defenses in the league statistically. And two of the, the two best offensive minds for coaches. I mean, uh, yep, by far. Agreed, agreed. So it was kind of the perfect storm of that. You're still going to get the games, you know, the 27-24s, the 30-28s, which I think that's my sweet spot, I think. The 20 to 19, debating if she go for two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> couple, uh, but you know what I mean? A couple stops in the red zone where you got to kick deep field goals and make it. Um, you know, a play where you need to force a big three and out to get that ball back because you're down by two scores and the defense does it. I, th- that's more exciting to me than touchdown coming this way, touchdown coming this way, touchdown coming this way. I, I think it, it just adds more elements and more layers to the game when you have to earn every yard that you get versus throwing guys wide open all day that fourth quarter was ridiculous it was crazy ridiculous it was cr- and, and credit credit the chiefs right so the chiefs uh mahomes gets sacked fumbles it gets returned for a touchdown for the second time it's a 10 point game at that point the coliseum is going bonkers you think the game is over mm-hmm. and just like that mahomes drives them down the field they score the chiefs get a sack fumble and boom they're up again right I, I, so i mean both teams deserve a ton of credit. It was it was awesome. Because that wasn't fun. strictly just offense because both defenses three defensive scored. touchdowns. Yeah. Three defensive touchdowns. Would not have expected that from between the, the Chiefs and the Rams. No. But even then yeah. it, you got you got the Rams defense giving up fifty one points and their fancy team gets twenty one points. It's it's ridiculous. it's crazy. And and the, the Chiefs score fifty one points and lose. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I'm with you, man. It's like, uh, it's like, it's like eating deep fried butter at the fair, right? Every once in a while, it's fine oh. and it's delicious and it's it's indulgent and you just love it. But if you do that fun. every week, by God, you're gonna die soon and yeah. you're gonna hate yourself. Yeah, that I, that's how I feel with this. Deep fried oil is really good, by the way. Very good. Any fair food, if you deep fry anything, man. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, very true. But I, I agree with you. I, I think the league is going to end up trending that way. And a case in point to that, I think, is if you look at the top four, if you were to tell me the top four most important positions on the football field, offense or defense, what are you going to pick? It's quarterback, mm-hmm. it's cornerback, it's left tackle, and it's pass rusher. It's all about the pass, and it's all about stopping the pass. That's what the NFL is now. The running backs aren't getting paid. Tight ends aren't getting paid. Inside linebackers aren't getting paid. It's all about passing and stopping the pass. Um, I mean, plus, plus I think, too, it's easier to find a running back deep in the draft. I mean, oh, look what at all these running backs yeah. blowing out of oh, nowhere. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. if, you'd ha- if, you don't dra- if you don't have a top quarterback in this league, you're screwed. We, I mean, it comes back to Saquon Barkley, right? Mm-hmm. He's, he's a generational talent. Generational yes. talent. Unbelievable. Still don't fault the Giants. I, I, I know, and I'm not trying to dissuade you, but I'm saying if you're the Giants, would you rather have Sam Darnold and Philip Lindsay 
or Eli Manning, question mark, Saquon Barkley. I know. And it's, it's going to take four, five, six years to sort out how, how that goes. It's a good right? debate, though. It is. It, I it mean, is. it's you can find running backs a lot easier than you can find quarterbacks. Also, uh, another nugget about the game last night, 21 accepted penalties in that game. Insane. It was crazy. Chiefs had nine penalties in the first 20 minutes of uh-huh. this game. Yep. You could tell emotions were high. I mean, they were just ready to play. Like, I mean, they kept saying during the game, it was like a Super Bowl atmosphere. They, they, they there was just an electricity in the air. Yep. Here you see all the um, all the jokes about the NFL canceling the rest of the season to have a best of five between the Rams and Chiefs <laughs> for the Super Bowl. Oh man, see, it's it's the good thing about having twelve teams in the playoffs is who knows if they're going to make the Super Bowl. A lot of times, teams like that don't end up don't. making it. Right. So and Andy Reid's still Andy Reid. <laughs> Andy Reid's time is coming. I'm, they're going to blow know, something bad. I don't I don't see anybody dethroning the Chiefs in the AFC, but. The Saints and Rams are going to be one hell of an NFC Championship I game. I think Pittsburgh. I think that if they both make it to the AFC Championship game, that would be a bloodbath. You guys ready for locks of the week? Oh, we are most certainly ready for locks of the week. We have some rebounding to do. Last week, for anybody out there in podcast world who took our advice, we sincerely apologize. Yeah, first and foremost. Chargers minus seven. Chargers lose outright. First of all, in my defense, I told you on these airwaves that it was a trap and I was walking into Falling the trap. Into the I trap. told you. I called it. You did. Char- Chargers yeah. just coming off a big win. I think they blew out Oakland. Denver coming off their bye. It had all the makings of a terrible, terrible play. And I fell for it and I played it. And that's my bad. I acknowledged it at the time. So I'm going to acknowledge it now. Chargers minus seven was a loser. Houston, minus two and a half. You lost by the damn hook. Yeah. They got you. And Louisville, talk about mine. Louisville just got <laughs> 42 got, points. Louisville got run out of the hey, 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 they did have the best uh, practice of the year that day when we were podcasting. hook, line, and sinker, guys. <laughs> Fell for it. Anyways, 0-3 last week. We're going to rebound. We'll come right back at you. Uh, James, you've got Bet DSI up. I do. I'll, uh, I'll kick it to you. We're, we're, uh, where are we leaning this week? Shameless plug, by the way. Well, yeah. <laughs> Ask um, James for a uh, referral code. Yeah. I, uh, so I was – I really could have thought I was – I had the win, and then I closely looked, and you remind me it was two and a half. I was really upset. I thought I was going to sit here at two and one. I am now two and two – or three and one. Now I'm two and two. Um, two and two. So it's just a – it's a crapshoot at this point. And I've been kind of wary on where I put my bets, especially when I'm betting – with my own team Ugh. and there's only been one time where i have or a couple of times where i've stated if notre dame is favored by more than uh 17 and a half go the other way always bet against it never cover and it twice it's happened this year twice they never and they didn't cover right now they're sitting at minus 11 mm. they're sitting at minus 11 i didn't like it at first because when it first came out it was minus 10 it has now grown to minus 11. It's USC week. It's rivalry week. We're going into the playoffs. That third spot is ours. Give me Notre Dame. Give me minus 11. F Matt Leinart. F Reggie Bush. F Pete Carroll. Let's go Notre Dame. I'm with you, F Pete Carroll. Screw yeah, we're down. all on that boat, man. F Pete Carroll. <laughs> Notre Dame, minus 11. No hook. He's got him. Two scores. CJ, how about you, my man? All right, well, 
I um coming off my extremely disappointing loss. Um I'm following following you, man. It's rivalry rivalry week. There's no way Michigan is not coming out of the shoe with a victory. They're not on the board right now, but I saw them at four and a half earlier today. I'm taking them. Give me two units. I'm confident Michigan's gonna come in and sweep Ohio State. Get the hell off the field. I wanted to say something else, but I'm gonna hold my <laughs> Oh, I love it. All right, that's bold. Um I have uh, not had any success. I'm one in three with my mortal locks. Um, last week was bad. I'm going to stay with the AFC West this this week. Oakland Raiders, Baltimore Ravens, very low over under, 42 and a half. I'm taking the over. I think there's going to be six touchdowns scored in this game. And I think Justin Tucker is going to boom an absolute piss missile from 50-plus to get that over. Raiders coming off a win, their second win of the year. Ravens coming off a big win with Lamar Jackson getting his first start. Lamar Jackson rushed the ball 27 times on Sunday from the quarterback position. What? Outrageous. What? Don't know if Flacco's coming back this week. Don't care if Flacco's coming back this week. Give me the over 42 and a half. I'm putting one unit. I'm a little shy. About my units because I've lost a few, but I am not shy <laughs> I'm about still this up. game. I'm still up one unit. That's oh, the joy of uh, pushing yeah. twice. I'll, uh, I'll put. I'm going dose units. Dose units on Notre Dame. Die, baby, I love it. So there you have it. We've got Notre Dame minus eleven. We've got Michigan minus four and a half, and we've got the over forty two and a half with the Oakland Raiders, Baltimore Ravens. Um, tell us about our social channels so we can go home. So we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at btw underscore the hashes. Please give us anything, everything. We'll talk. We'll reply. We'll even take down what you want to talk about next week. Um, That's the Kyler Fackrell reference. Yep. Thank you. Kyler Fackrell, Brumboosh. And Homeboy, who uh, gave us some grief about picking the Giants over the Tampa Bay, I'm happy to report that in a week of dismal picks, we swept Giants versus Tampa Bay. So we got that one right. And uh, um, I'm pretty sure the young kids call it suck it. Hey, he took his punishment. He liked our comments. He liked our So he owned up to it. Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever you want. Email. Email. Between Email. the Hashes podcast at gmail.com. Any and all questions, we will answer. Guys, anything else before we go? Go Irish. Go Blue. Fuck the fuck, guys. Packers win in Minnesota. We're turning this bitch around right now. Go Pack Go. See ya. <laughs>